trying to connect in a podcast, talk about some current events, talk about some sports, talk about things from a Christian viewpoint. And we're doing this, if only for the fact that we're going to connect on a more regular basis than we had before and uh, you know, kind of rekindle the, the strong friendship and relationships that we've had. Uh, but we certainly hope others will, will come join along uh, in the journey and, and be encouraged and, and listen in. So we're certainly excited to kick off. This is our first podcast. And so let's just share a little bit about ourselves. Uh, we'll start off with uh, my good friend, Ryan. Greetings. Uh, my name is Ryan. I am from southern Minnesota. I am married with two daughters and a dog, and I work in the educational field. And I have been doing education for roughly uh, 17 years, 17, 18 years now. So I've been able to connect with young folks all over the country, actually. Uh, but now I'm rooted here back in my homeland of southern Minnesota. Southern Minnesota? Oh, I didn't know it's southern Minnesota. <laughs> All right. Ben, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi there. My name is Ben. Um, also currently residing in southern Minnesota. I enjoyed playing sports when I was a young person and stuck with that for a career and work in uh, sports and recreation. And also I'm married, have two uh, young boys and uh, looking forward to jumping in and connecting a little more with the friends here and, and seeing where all this goes. Super. Jeremy. My name is Jeremy. I am uh, originally from Phoenix, Arizona, but now live in the Midwest in the great state of Wisconsin. Excited to be part of this group as well. I, I think Matt framed this well with some of the things that we've listed here. Things I enjoy, uh, I, I enjoy the Midwest, particularly because of the weather. Uh, I grew up in a very, very hot climate, and uh, I love the seasons, all of them, even winter and the snow and that kind of thing. But um, I have a family. Um, we, uh, My wife and I have been married for 19 years. We have six kids, three of which uh, were just adopted about a month ago, and so we're very excited about that. And so I'm sure at some point we'll talk about that. Live out in the country, enjoy the, uh, the space. And a uh, thing that I've really enjoyed recently is uh, getting into farming and hanging out with my chickens and enjoying animals. It's something I've never done before and really enjoy that. So uh, privileged to be part of this group and, and friends with all of you. And uh, I know that uh, you guys share the same sentiment. Yeah, for as long as we've known Jeremy, it's uh, it's been fun to see the process of him being domesticated. So <laughs> adding farming to the list is a, is a great thing. So thanks. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, my name is Matt. Uh, I am from the great state of Minnesota, born and raised there 31 years. Then since moved down to Ohio for the last nine years, I am married and I've got five daughters. So life is full and we are busy, but uh, certainly enjoy that. 
Uh, love all things sports. I got to play sports with uh, uh, every one of these guys, and certainly that's a that's a connection point. And then also music too. Uh, certainly love music and uh, playing a little bit of chess as well. Haven't found any of these guys to play chess with, but um, I'll work on them. I'll keep working on it. My oldest daughter is uh, getting into chess, so that's fun. Let's turn it over to the captain, Don. Why don't you tell us a little bit a uh, little bit about yourself? So yeah, this is uh, this is quite a journey we're about to begin here. I thought, but uh, I've been. Uh, hoping that we would do something like this for a long time, actually. Been thinking about it a lot and finally uh, had a couple meetings with you guys and put this thing in motion, see where this goes. This is as, and as Matt said, just as anything results in this is we're just getting together and, and talking and like we, like we used to do. I got a family of uh, two, two girls and a wife, uh, been married coming up on 21 years and live here in uh, Minneapolis. I'll say Minneapolis just because I'm proud of Minneapolis at this point. Um, Been working in mainly the banking industry for, since I graduated from college, man, I graduated from college with a education degree. I thought I was going to teach, but got a different plans, I guess. And uh, was in, been in the banking industry for, uh, almost over almost 20 years almost 20 years and uh working now with a soft a small software company healthcare software company and it's a small business and it's absolutely been a breath of fresh air for me so um i think uh i think to to, to start this off uh, i think that you know having all these having all of us here uh just talking is what we miss the most i think i could speak for all of us when i say that because uh man how many conversations and how many hours and hours of laughing did we do? All college? I can remember is M two ten. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was our dorm dorm number. Was that Eve's dorm number? I thought I thought it was Matt. Wasn't it? No, that was that us, was man. Matt. Oh, was yeah, it? That was, that was my home. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I spent three. I think three years in that room. Oh my gosh! Over time, those are, man. Those yeah, are precious yeah. times, though. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and that's all we're looking for here. I mean, we're just looking to to kind of relive some of that maybe and, and have some good times. As Matt said, put a little uh, biblical lens into some of the issues going on today in our, in our, in today's culture and talking about that stuff and, and uh, having a good time. And, you know, if we record, once we record this, at least uh, we can look back and laugh at it for a little bit more. <laughs> so <laughs> That's it, man. That's, that's a great summation. That brings back some great memories and, uh, it's certainly, certainly looking forward to adding some new ones to the list. So let's jump into the first topic at hand, you know, COVID-19. You know, maybe we'd heard about, you know, global pandemic, maybe in a, in a class or something about that. But it was always like it was on paper. It was never what does it really look like? So as we've entered into that and we've seen ups and downs, just kind of want to open it up to the group. You know, how has COVID-19 shaped you, um, your thoughts? How's it impacted the family? Um you know, what, what has the last three months uh, done in your lives with COVID-19? So I'll jump in here because I think also COVID-19, I think it's, I saw some stats either today. It's, it's, it's what over 500, 500,000 people have been, have, have died from it. And what are we at? Um, 10 million, million cases, 500,000 deaths, two and a half million in the U S 125,000 deaths in the U S yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be this. I, I honestly when we first had this COVID thing, I thought it was a bunch of hubaloo about nothing. I was getting kind of annoyed, annoyed with it, you know. And I, I think, yeah, it is a it is a serious serious problem happening. And things are going on, and our family has been stuck at home for the last since when was it? When did it start? March. Yeah, it was, how how it was long? Middle of March. Was it March? Oh yep, my! God. Middle of March. 
Middle of March, yeah. We've been and we've been home working. Both my wife and I have been working from home, and uh, both our kids just finished up school, uh, distance learning, which which was a struggle. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the time I knew it was real is when yeah I woke up and you know, popped open my phone and it said the NCAA tournament was canceled. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? It's canceled, and it, you know, and, and and I was planning to go up to Minnesota because we go up. My my dad and brother, we go to the high school tournament, boys' high school basketball tournament. I'm like, boy, I hope they don't cancel that. And then it was one domino after another. After that, it was, and it's been a it's been a world whirlwind ride since. And and some of the things that happened were like immediate. So you got state championships, and even in Wisconsin, you got the girls' state championship, and at halftime, they're done. They're not coming back on the floor. I mean, it was. It was this tidal wave that nobody expected and radically has changed not just some people's lives. It has changed everybody's life in some way, shape or form, whether shopping or, you know, your work environment or your kids or being able to see grandparents even or loved ones in in nursing homes or what have you. I mean, there has definitely been a major shift. Unfortunately, like Don said, it was it was kind of forced upon us. And I was I'm like you, Don, I, I I'm looking at this at first going, no, nah, you know, this is another flu. This is, you know, what, what really do we have to be worried about? What is there to be worried about? And I think, you know, some of my frustration was the misinformation that was coming on. And, you know, once it hits the waves, boom, everybody's got their little piece they want to hold on to. So regardless, we've all been changed, radically changed. Ben, how about from your perspective? Yeah, I'm in the same boat with, you know, everybody else about how it impacted work and school and just kind of shut down the social landscape, whether it's extracurriculars with sports and other school activities, you know, just everything got put on hold. You know, we had the same thing, youth sports events in our area that they were pulling kids off the ice hockey rink um, right in the middle of their second period of a state tournament and, and shutting it all down, you know, and then you see over time, like Jeremy said, the misinformation and now it's feels like it's become so politicized about how to handle it and what the right precautions are. And that depends now if you're a Democrat or Republican or something in between. So it just, you know, it's been difficult to really try to figure out what's really going on. What are the best ways to handle life at home, life when you go to the grocery store? You know, what what's the right way to do it without impacting other people around you negatively? You know, and still, I think even the thing three months later, there's still so many different opinions and all of that, you know, should we wear a mask? Do we not need a mask? Do we, you know, I mean, the list goes on and and they're still trying to understand the virus, understand the best ways to handle it. You know, does the summertime, is it better? Is it worse? You know, it's just like, there's so many questions still. And we feel like we've been dealing with it for a long time already, which isn't necessarily true. It's been a short time really when you think about it, but. Well, it's, it's sad because none of us get uh, a manual on how to live in a pandemic. You know, we, we've read about some of them in history, whether it was the uh, bubonic plague uh, around the Middle Ages or the uh, Spanish flu about 100 years ago. And I guess you've got the mindset of, OK, that was history. We're, we're advanced. We don't have to worry about that sort of thing going forward. And now here we are. And I, I like to refer to it as continued COVID chaos because like some of you are talking about, we've been getting mixed messages from our experts, and it's it's hard to really know uh, what's up and what's down with this. I did hear one uh, one guy I listened to on YouTube. I, I keep up with some of his insights on this issue. 
is, and he mentioned he, along with other experts, have said this is the most bewildering disease they've ever seen because you've got people that die from it, and then you've got people who show no symptoms from it. And I, I think that's uh, that probably leads into why we've got controversies with how do we go about our daily lives to mask or not to mask. Um, for for our family, it didn't change a whole lot. We we homeschool our girls, so their school situation didn't change. I went from working one day a week at home to working five days a week at home, which I prefer. I'm a I'm a germaphobe by nature, so. I've been extra cautious. I, I was cautious coming into the pandemic. I'm extra cautious now. And so I'm going to be, my, my mission is to keep it out of my household as, as tough as that may be. Uh, that's my mission. I, I don't live in fear out of it, but I'm going to take precautionary steps and use wisdom based upon the best information out there as we live our lives. So I'm kind of curious how the rest of you are going about that as you think about your families and uh, the approach you're taking with it. Well, I was just going to say, to give you one item from the other side of the coin there, you know, over the last three months, it's given us an opportunity to slow down a little bit to kind of evaluate all the activities we're participating in and the hurriedness of life and realize that maybe some of those things weren't quite as important as we thought they were. It's given us opportunities to have more time at home with the whole family. And so, you know, while it's been such a major change in life, I think there's some positives you can draw out of it too with, with that time when you can, you know, maybe pick up something new for a hobby or at the very least spend some more time with family. And, uh, you know, so that's been one positive thing that we've seen come out of it. Yeah, I think for me, you know, my perspective might have been a little bit different than than you guys. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, lead safety and health at a uh, food manufacturing uh, facility, and so you know we did not have the option to work at home. Uh, in fact, we ramped up production because there was so there's such a run on our on our on our meals, uh, which was great uh, from a business side. But boy, you know, leading that at work, you know, being the the, the person you know, solely responsible for that or, or in the lead as far as responsible for that uh, was a significant challenge and has added work hours for me there. And then, but my family's gone home. So we've, we do a mix of uh, some girls go off to school and, and some girls are homeschooled. So it did, I hear you about the slow it down. It certainly slowed us down a ton from my wife's and my daughter's perspective. But for me, it, it's been, it's been a weird dichotomy because they're slowing down and wonder when dad's going to be home, but dad's working longer hours because there's so much demanded um, to be to be set up right at, at the workplace. The one thing, though, I do have enjoyed, obviously, this is an example of it, but, you know, our family, um, you know, I've got a, a brother and he's got uh, a wife and, and two sons, but uh, we've been able to do like a group family video chats. We do maybe those once or twice a year before this. Now we do this, that, those every week. So it has drawn us together uh, from that perspective, but it's been challenging for me personally, maybe the connection at home with so much extra stuff going on at work. There are so many things that are difficult when it comes to this COVID because it was like fruit basket upset. There wasn't, there wasn't a, there wasn't a, there was no manual for this. And I think it was difficult to identify for, for each individual what is, you know, what needs to happen. We went from Fast Pace USA back to, you know, Mayberry in, in, in ways. Um, and I think there's some benefits to that, but there's also some people that, you know, hurt from that because their, their livelihood, they're thriving on, on those fast paced things. And I, I can't help but think of all the jobs 
and small businesses that were lost in, in, in our community because we have such a small community that was markedly evident. And people who have been in business for 30 years and no longer are. Restaurants that have been in the, in the uh, community, in our community for 78 years and then had to shut down forever. It's difficult. It's put challenges in, in ways that are for sure unexpected and people react in different ways. It's kind of like grief too. I mean, you go through certain seasons where you can handle it and sometimes you can't, or some people react differently and overreact and some of those things because I want to find a balance. And I just, I find it hard to try and find that balance. I don't know what it is. One day I'm I'm on one side, the other day I'm kind of leaning towards the other side because what I hear, what I'm researching myself, and it's difficult to find that, find that, you know, sweet spot. I don't know if we're going to be able to find that sweet spot for a while. You know, I, I think we've got to get through this a little bit and let things, you know, take their course, unfortunately, but also settle down and let the experts do their thing. Many things to consider, that's for sure. It's uh, something we'll, we'll probably continue to talk about. One of the positive things we do have, Lord willing, got baseball that's going to be returning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we wanted to chat a little bit. So obviously COVID-19, pretty heavy topic, but uh, wanted to move in and just chat a little bit about baseball. I think yeah, most of us here are, are big Minnesota Twins fans. I think uh, Ryan is uh, Montreal Expos, but they've gone by the wayside. He, he might... Uh, jump in there but we want to talk about maybe some of our favorite twins of all time as we kind of gear up for the season hopefully starting at the end of july uh 60 game season which should be pretty wild and fun now hold on hold on hold on before we talk about the, the best twins of all time can we talk about some of these crazy rules that they're gonna to have to follow now for the 2020 season they can't spit can't you uh, eat sunflower seeds seriously i'm assuming they can't grab yeah I, i'm assuming they can't grab their crotch anymore <laughs> Right. <laughs> <Clear>. <laughs> I mean, why? I mean, I, 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 if you can't what, choose, what are they going to do with the umpire that, being right? so close to the players? Is that is that some? Because I, I, I heard somewhere that yeah. they're going to try to do some um, electronic thing. I don't know if that actually happened or not. I don't mm. think so. Try to accelerate it. I didn't know if that was actually being implemented. So I assume they're still going to have an umpire or umpires. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what, stand six feet apart during the national anthem. Okay. Okay. We all know that's that's the wise thing to do. It doesn't say six feet apart while kneeling, but I think it's six feet apart while standing. <laughs> Second <moment>. clear. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I heard the, the pitcher, you know, most pitchers, they lick their they lick their fingers. Now, I was never a baseball pitcher, but they got to take like now a wet cloth or towel yeah. out with them because they can't lick their fingers. What about, right. what about just taking their head yeah, off and wiping a, their head? Seems like a logical thing. Uh, that you can't do. Yeah, anything that could transfer to somebody else. So it, it'll be wild. I, I certainly hope it'll. Are I there fines associated with this, or uh, how are they going to keep accountability to? That's the big question. Spitting is prohibited, but chewing gum, you can chew gum. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be crazy. I don't know how you know how they're going to. They can't. I mean, they, the the players can't. You know, talk to each other downtime. You know, they can't go up to each other. They got to stay away from each other. Well, the and even just the can't way approach players. Even just the way they are supposed to kind of cut themselves off from other activities away from the game. You know, they were talking, I was listening to something earlier. They were talking about not going to restaurants, not going to um, clubs or going and doing these things, keeping their family also at home for the most part when they're um, not at the ballpark watching games. So trying to kind of keep themselves in little individual bubbles as they go through their you know, three month season here, um, trying to get in. I, I, 
I've seen some analysts starting to say they think whichever team stays the healthiest has the best chance in the playoffs because you could end up with people being quarantined, you know, two weeks at a time. And, you know, you miss your best three players for two full weeks. I mean, in a 60 weeks, 60 game season, that's going to have a huge impact on. And I got to think that state and local regulations, you know, may really disrupt some of that. I mean, you can't you can't say that the MLB is above that, can you? No, well, here, here's state, what I can say right about now. that. The uh, you, you've got you've got differences in the two states where some of us are, right? I mean, Minnesota has taken a different approach than, than Wisconsin. So, for for example, I went to Wisconsin yesterday for a dinner, and I walked in, and there were crowds of people. Nobody had a mask on, and that's just not what you're seeing in Minnesota. So, I, I don't know. Jeremy, you're in Wisconsin. Is that, is that is that the case everywhere? Not necessarily, but you know, it's community community. It's once the state order was dropped, or, or de- the Supreme Court dropped our governor's um, mandate and ruled it unconstitutional. That like opened the floodgates. So there are a segment of people that do one thing, and then a segment of people that do another. Everybody's doing whatever they want. There isn't a kind of a following recommendations. I mean, there people are still sitting. You know, guys are still sitting at McDonald's parking lot in circles, semicircles in the parking lot with with six feet apart from them, drinking their coffee. Right? They're still doing that. But then you can go into the next restaurant of Culver's or whatever, and you see everybody parked in next to each other, having a good old time. You know, you go to Menards, you go to other places where you have to wear a mask to get into the store. Other places don't need one. So it is all over the place. There is no right or wrong when it comes to that. Not saying there isn't right or wrong, but I'm saying, you know, people are allowed to make their own choice and free to do that and are, obviously. I got to be honest with you. I'm probably, if not the biggest, one of the biggest baseball fans in this group of friends. And I just, I haven't even dug into the rules that some of you were talking about because I have a hard time seeing how anything's going to start happening. I mean, we've seen some big spikes in cases in states like Florida and Arizona and California. And I think those are some of the states that first came out and welcomed professional sports to open up and they're starting to shut things back down again. So as much as I want to see baseball and football, I, uh, I'm still a skeptic as to how they're going to go about doing this. Well, and in light of the spike in Florida, are they going to start the NBA season? When is that Orlando, right? Orlando, yeah. Right? end of july i mean how does that uh, keep ahead of steam going man i don't know well and they're trying to even take that bubble concept to the next level because they're bringing everybody to one location and keeping them all under lock and key for their full finish out the last few games of this season and then start the playoffs all in one like floors of the hotel are all blocked out just for these guys and it's gonna you guys be remember you guys remember when them, we hosted I mean, those high school tournaments at college and you had all those kids they're all in hotels and then one team would get sick and then the whole tournament would just get blasted with it seems to me that that kind of thing could take place really easily in those cases here's another thought i had you know at what point do these major professional sports doesn't matter what what sport start to really bleed financially and push these things because they need revenue you know small businesses have already hurt when does the large business sector begin to really say ouch and we're going to push some things because we have to We've got to get some some dollars flown in. I don't know. I think it's already happening, man. I think baseball is already doing it. I think they're the baseball and the NBA. I mean, the NBA was the charge with this whole right. pandemic thing. 
I mean, when remember, remember when the they? I mean, it was them that had the games. The was who, who was it? That Utah was it? Utah, yeah, Utah, like that? right? Yeah. Yep. yeah, they had the games going, and all of a sudden they shut down the game, and everybody's like, "Oh my goodness, this is." I remember the weekend it yeah. happened. I was oh. like, "Oh wow, mm-hmm. this is going to be crazy," you know. And then that's from there on, everybody started falling. You know, baseball saying they're not going to play, uh, hockey being done everything started everybody started dropping like flies now i think yeah i think baseballs and and the nba it's ironic to me that they're the ones that are starting to play first day first opening day for baseball i think what is july 24th 24th 23rd 24th 23rd 24th yeah july 23rd and 24th is opening day and i don't know what it's going to look like on opening day right well, it's interesting too, guys. Look at it—you know, not just from a business side, but you know, with so many things shutting down. I mean, you guys saw the statistics of you know suicides increasing, depression increasing. You know, it's it's been a tough time for everybody. So I, I know in, in my discussions with folks here, there's like a kind of a call to get back to sports for some level of normalcy. You know, so I think it's there's that tension too. You know, obviously you don't want even professional athletes. Oh, they got a lot of money; they can protect themselves. No, you don't want them risking themselves, but. You know, there's like the, the American public <laughs> thrived so much on sports happening at a regular frequency and cadence. And it's it's been so upset. I've never seen anything like it. And so I think there's that pull as well for, you know, almost like the common man needs some sports. And so I think they're trying to wrestle with that, too, to provide that, you know, from a business side, you provide where you see a need, you fill that need and then you get some of that revenue. But how do you do it in this pandemic? Uh, it's, it's a challenge as and well. How, how do you do it on that platform and then expect everybody else to stay, you know, still in their separated kind of communities and, and whatever? It's, it's just hard. You know, you see professional sports racing, other things jumping in. Normal everyday Joe's got to, you know, kind of close her down and, and, and try to you know behave with the parameters that were given to us, which most people, you know, are have, have done and, and did to the best of their ability, which I think did have some, some good effects and, and flattening the curve and all those buzzwords that are out there. Definitely going to be some some radical things, you know, looking whether it's baseball, basketball, football coming up very quickly. I mean, there's all kinds of speculation out there with that as well. But I know we're supposed to supposed to keep on on baseball, Ryan, right? You got to keep on the twins. That's right. That's right. Let's yeah, we, focused here. COVID came back up again pretty quick for us. Obviously, it's been a lot of the mind. So let's uh, let's spend a few minutes. Uh, kind of favorite twins of all time. You know, which twin jumps out to you, Ben? Why don't you why don't you kick us off? Well, being a former, I guess I'm still a lefty, but being a former first baseman, I certainly oh. have to think about Herbeck and uh, Justin Morneau are a couple of my favorites. Morneau, unfortunately, had his career cut a bit short with a concussion and some other things. So I think. He he was on a really good trajectory there for a while, but I'll still remember as a kid watching her back with some of those game saving grand slam pulling Ron Gant off of first base against the Braves. Classic. I mean, there's some great Herbeck moments out there that he's definitely got to be towards the top of my list. Herbeck comes on the local radio show every once in a while. And man, his stories are just epic. He's, he's got the best stories of all time. I love that. I love listening to that guy. What about you, Ryan? Well, I'm going to I'm going to have to go with uh I, I know there are some names that come to the top of all Twins fans heads, but I, I'm going to have to go with Kirby Puckett. I I just when I was a kid growing up, I I never saw the consistent excitement one player coming to bat would bring every time he came to bat. Just remarkable. You always get the obligatory applauses for each batter to some degree, but the place seemingly always went crazy every time Puckett came to bat and just just a story coming out of Chicago I mean he wasn't tall he he could scoot he had some speed he could hit for average he could hit anything near the plate he could hit for power 
I mean, he was just so much fun to watch as a kid. So I think from people in the Twins organization, I've seen growing up till now, I'd say Puckett. And in years gone by, it would have been fun to watch Harmon Killebrew play. So those, those, those are two guys at the top of my list. Yeah, I think growing up as a boy in in Minneapolis, we were a bit spoiled, right? You know, with uh, you know, the Twins in 87 and 91 winning the World Series, you kind of almost came to expect it. And especially that that the magical run in 91, you know, being the worst in 90 and then coming back with that. But I, I think of the I think of the, the two pitchers that stood out to me and born 87 was, you know, Frankie Sweet Music Viola. He he was just he was just smooth on the mound and then in my opinion, the greatest World Series of all time, what Jack Morris did in that uh, in that series was just incredible, and especially Game Seven going extra innings. And those are two guys that are pretty high on my uh, Twins list. Yeah, and thankfully, without any baseball lately, I was able to catch. They did a replay of that game where Morris pitched the whole game, so I caught the end of that the other day. Mm. So that that was that was pretty remarkable, holding yeah. down the Braves the way he did. And he was toward the end of his career at that point. Right. That's what was remarkable. Yeah, I watched that one too. We watched that uh, kind of like I think that was close to the season opener when we were supposed to be playing baseball. And I was like, ah, oh, I found it on YouTube. Sat my oldest daughter down in front of the TV to watch this. This is an amazing, amazing performance. Did she watch the whole she thing? Said, watch, she watched the whole thing. Really? Oh, she loved baseball. Baseball, though she does, she like she she misses baseball. Oh, wow. I, I would have so I would have not guessed it. that. So yeah, we're a we're kind of a baseball family right now, and yeah, we, we're missing it hardcore. Oh well, Don, you were you were rookie of the year in college, weren't you? One time I was, yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah, I was rookie of the year. The only fifth year senior to ever <laughs> be rookie of the year. <laughs> what a joke! <laughs> you so salty still? Come on. <laughs> That stuck with so me, man. Long. Oh, so salty. <laughs> Stole it from oh, Ben's grasp, you. huh? <laughs> well, if, if you could feel, Ben, I maybe you would have had a chance. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> Don, what the, what position did you play back in college? Well, Were you outfield? What, what oh, position man. didn't I play? Let's see. <laughs> Playing him in every position. I had I had to play some first base. I had to step in for Ben a couple times for first base. I remember that I played some uh, some uh, left field. I played uh, I played a little shortstop too once in a while. What do you think about that? Yeah, I played shortstop. Bring it. What do you think of that? <laughs> I tried to I turn two rem- with you. I, I tried I to turn two that. with you, but I tried to turn two with you, but your 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 little spaghetti arm wouldn't couldn't hoof it over to first place, first base in time ever. <laughs> wow. I think we need to. I think we need to hit the archives. I'm not sure I'm buying any of that. I am. Uh, uh, my memory is not working correctly tonight. I, but it could be. It could be my bad. Yeah, this might be a case of revisionist history, but. Uh... I have to go back to the tape on that one, <laughs> Coach Mac. We need you. Coach Pull Mac, out the VHS. Good stuff. Any other any other twins uh, come to mind? Well, p- p- we... tw- twins come to my my mind. I mean, Kirby Puckett, yes, is probably my favorite. But I I think uh, Carmen Kilbrew has to be mentioned here because he's that dude. I wish I could have been able to watch him play. Just looking at his stats, where is out of control. Five hundred and seventy three home runs, over fifteen hundred RBIs, fifteen hundred over fifteen hundred walks. This guy. He was just those stats alone. I can't believe some of those stats that he put up. And did he? Did he? Win, did they win a championship with him at all? I don't think they did. No, did they? I don't believe so. Just That's a league crazy. championship. I, th- I think no, they uh, had at least one American League pennant, but I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think they ever won a series with him. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I think another. Obviously, we got to call out a hometown hero. You know, Joe Maurer grew up in the uh, in the St. Paul area and then uh, contributed to the Twins in a pretty strong way. I, I remember being at a playoff game. 
and we were down, I think it was, we were down in the ninth or the 10th and I was up and I think we were on the second deck, you know, kind of looking over the first baseline and he must've followed off like 15 pitches. It felt like, and he, all he was doing was getting his groove and we just knew he was going to lace a single. And of course, you know, he was a single master, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was able to you know, kind of come through in that clutch moment that I, I, I certainly remember that uh, being there live. That was pretty fun. I, I remember the years of Maurer and Morneau and I was living in Can- Kansas city at the time. So what a, what a great rivalry. And, and these two teams, they'd always have fans going to the opposing parks in great droves. It was so much fun to watch those two guys in their heyday. Matt, you mentioned you mentioned Maurer and Ben, you mentioned Morneau. I mean, these guys seemingly every time at, at bat, they would hit a laser. Sometimes it would just find a gap, go off the wall, go over the fence. But man, they were fun to watch. So it, it gave me a lot of uh, Minnesota pride. Uh, to be sitting in the stands with those guys in their prime. But, yeah, too bad the injuries cut those guys short. Yeah, I remember a more recent one. So, yeah, I live in northeast Ohio, and um, so I, I go to games against the Indians, and it's been fun to to, to mess with the fans in uh, in Cleveland. There's they're, they're some great fans. But I was at the game last year where uh, it was the second part of a doubleheader. It was, you know, I think they were – Indians were a couple games behind us, so it was a pretty important series. I was there when Sano hit the grand slam, the first pitch off of the the reliever. I'm in the left field stand, so me and my wife, and then we brought some friends that were diehard Indians fan. I'm literally the only one standing in like three sections, just going nuts. Everybody's like Sano, you know, I'm like no, Sano just. But I mean that you know the the group that we had last year. That's why I was so bummed too, because you know it's so much momentum, and hopefully we can bring it back. You know, bring Josh Donaldson on. You know, we could be the Bomba Squad times seven, and I hope we can do it again because it was so great to finally win the central last year after just hearing the Indians, 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 you know, it was, it was good that the twins took it. And I, they need to take it again, man. 60 games was get her done. I, I feel like the window is right now for this team because our, our great hitting star right now is Nelson Cruz and he is not a spring chicken at this point. So I, I, yeah. I really hope we can get a season in and show well in the, in the window that we have. Yeah. Good stuff. That was, that was certainly fun to, to talk some old school twins and some, some new school stuff. As we close, uh, we're going to close each section out with, with a section called look to the sky. Uh, it's just a, an eternal perspective that uh, one of us guys are going to share. And so uh, this time it's going to be Don. So Don, why don't you close us out? First Peter two, nine, it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I think uh, this verse has been going through my head uh, last couple months a lot. It's been sticking with me for, and I, I think in light of our situation. And I also I also think this, this uh, verse also talks about where we find our identity in. And one of the things I've been uh, working on over this past year and a half is is where my identity lies. It's, it's not in my it's not in my job. It's not in my marriage. It's it's not uh, you know what I'm what I'm good at. What I'm not good at. It's it's my identity is truly lies in Christ. And uh, I gotta I gotta look to that. And in order for that to propel me forward and to and remember that He has chosen me. He's uh, he's called me out of this darkness, out of this dark, dark world into a into his, what he says is in what uh, Paul says is, is uh, the marvelous light. Think of a song comes to my head. It's uh, in these days of confused situations, in this night of restless remorse, when a heart and a soul of a nation lay wounded and cold as a corpse. From the grave of the innocent Adam comes a song bringing joy to the sad. Oh, you cry! Oh, your cry has been heard, and the ransom has been paid up in full. 
you know it be ye glad so i just want to leave it with that yeah that'll preach that'll preach good podcast gentlemen that was uh, that was enjoyable for me hopefully it is was for you number one in the uh, book. six in the that's it six in the mix signing out have a great day and as brother crane said a great life <laughs> 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 <laughs>